welcome to Media MD, your fortnightly dose of media that you have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And uh, this fortnight on the show, we are coming back. God damn it, I said fortnight again, Elliot. Um, it is fortnight. We are back to. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we're back to talk about Rake again. <laughs> uh, so last fortnight, Elliot, you, you prescribed us Rake, yes. the Australian legal comedy slash drama. Um, let's talk about the plot of the show, shall we? Yeah. So obviously it's, it's serialized. So each episode kind of takes its own little, little plot, um, ranging from what are some plots in this show? There's one where (laughs) a doctor records him and his wife having sex with their family dog and Rake needs to defend them. There's one one about an artist who murders a young prostitute. There's one with a chef who uh, opens up restaurants in different towns and then marries women in those towns as well. So he's uh, being on, on trial for bigamy. Anyway, the overarching plot of this show is uh, Cleaver Green is a, a very shitty lawyer. Or not that shitty, actually. Just kind of an average lawyer who has a very shitty personality and drives all the people that he likes in his life away from him, including his ex-wife and son, um, his best friend and his best friend's wife, who, who you can kind of tell he's been friends with both of them for ages yeah um as well as his the arguably the love of his life who is a prostitute that he has had a relationship with for uh two years or so and yeah basically the season is just him fucking them over a bit (laughs) and i mean his relationship with melissa or or missy the the prostitute is is very much one where he was paying her the whole time, but there were genuine feelings on his part and maybe genuine feelings on hers. He never really manages to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, she kind of tells him that she loves him towards the end of the first season. Um, spoilers. Whoops. <laughs> uh, but, you know, stuff happens. Um, yeah. And so there's, you know, there's a couple of kind of long overarching plots threads that kind of fold fold in and out throughout this first season so uh, to kind of sum this up i I watched the first season of rake okay on on netflix um there are plot threads such as he sleeps with scarlet who is his best friend's wife and breaks up their marriage that's fun yep he his uh, missy his you know his prostitute slash love uh goes and starts dating (laughs) the person who is suing him for tax evasion um and they form a relationship and he kind of is very, he's still friends with her and he wants to kind of, he's trying to win her back basically. Yeah, essentially. Um, Yeah. His son, Fuzz, uh, starts a relationship with his English teacher. His son is, you know, 15 and the English teacher is 28. So obviously that's a thing. Um, (laughs) basically stuff like that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that, that kind of play over the whole season um and, and i mean it's great because like he in his interactions with other people i feel like he alternates between just being so selfish that he forgets to care or genuinely mm. caring and still making it worse like either way yeah. he he never wins yeah which is I think in his re- re- relationships with other people, he he does okay. I mean, he's just he's just a fuck up, you know. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's just a fuck up. There's no other way to say it. Like he he's he's addicted to cocaine. He's addicted to gambling. He 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 is very much controlled by his his dick a lot of the time. Um, yeah, he he just 
he's a sad character, you know. Watching the first few episodes, you hate him, or I hated him, you know. Like, he's he's a hard guy to like, but as you keep watching, you really do get a sense that he, he cares and and actively tries to, to support and do good things for the people in his life that he cares about, you know. Um, his ex-wife, his son, Missy, um, Scarlett, and Barney, who are his best friend and, and you know, wife... Um, best friend and his wife, sorry. He he genuinely cares for these people and he just can't... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just can't not fuck it up. It's kind of sad. Um, yeah, it's... It, yeah, it's... It's pretty tragic. And I mean, I guess... Mm. Uh, I don't know if you'll, if you'll keep watching, but it, it, he has an interesting growth over the length of the series. Like, this is one of the few shows, because I think you know, with this sort with this sort of show where you've got a character whose premise is that they're shit, it's often yeah. very hard to have them grow in a way that doesn't just turn them into a normal person. Like I think like um another big example I can think of was how much your mother had the character Barney who yeah. was was just meant to be like a, a seedy womanizer and they sort of grew him into a hopeless romantic and that wasn't popular with a lot of people because it kinda undermines the core premise. Yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing that you can do with a character like this is, as the show goes on, kind of flanderize them and and make them yeah. lose nuance and just become their, you know, their their one line pitch. Yeah, definitely. I think Rake is actually one of the few shows I can think of that starts with a character like this and actually improves them without losing who they are. Like, you know, season five just finished here, and that that's apparently the end of the show. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's still a shit bloke, but not the same shit bloke he was in season one. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you know, this is a show called Rake, and from now on, I'm just going to be referring to him as Rake. I know that's (laughs) not his name, but it's just easier. Um, And Rake is like... You know, he's he's obviously the main character, and this show is focused on him and his kind of struggles, and it, it, it... kind of shines light into the other characters in their interactions with him mostly but it, it's basically just how he is interacting with the people in the world around him right yeah definitely yeah it's interesting i mean i i don't want to pull a final space because i don't think this is on the same level where where rake is well in that show you know i hated the main character and loved all the supporting characters and i think in rake i i love all the supporting characters but not not in contrast to Rake, but kind of because of their relationships to him, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they all, as you sort of said, they all exist to basically serve to highlight his issues. Um, yeah, but definitely. they're But they're still, they're still interesting on their own. But you're like, you're right. Their their core function is really to support him, and and so you know, it's important that they're interesting in terms of that. I guess. Yeah, especially the three kind of women in his life that he cares about, right? Yeah. Uh, His ex-wife, Wendy, Missy, who we've talked about already, and Scarlett, who is his best friend's wife. And there's one specific episode where (laughs) Missy is kind of freaking out about her relationship, and so she comes over to talk to to Rake about it. And then um, Scarlett is already there because she's been kicked out of... of out of her home for cheating on her husband. And so she's crashing with Rake as well. And then Wendy also comes over and, and just one by one, these 
three women who we don't really see interact that much kind of get introduced to this same scene. Yeah, and it's it turns hilarious. into this very interesting. Yeah, it's hilarious, <laughs> and it's very interesting. Kind of watching him clearly like a bit annoyed at you know being put out of his house a bit, but at the same time clearly wanting to kind of support them and care for them yep. in a way that's very kind of human. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I really liked exploring the interactions between the characters in this show. I think that was the thing about it I liked the most. Um, but this show isn't, you know, on paper a comedy. So let's, I mean, sorry, a, a drama. It's a comedy, right? So let's talk about yep. some of the comedy a bit. Um it's very Australian. I don't know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I would definitely say this is without doubt the the best Australian show that I've seen. But the comedy style is very Australian, and I'm not really sure what that means. But <laughs> what it, what it's what I seem to got, get from it was it's very kind of subdued. Um, let let me give you an example. So there's this one scene where, which I think I, was the funniest scene in in the whole first season. I loved it, where Rake is on the phone talking to somebody. And the main thrust of this scene is his phone call with, I think it's with his wife, with Wendy. Yeah. Um, but in the while this phone call is playing out, Rake hails a, a taxi, it pulls up, and then someone else kind of tries to get in it. And, and he, he's just coolly carrying out this phone conversation while this other woman gets in the cab. And then she kind of thanks him. And then he go, walks into the back of the cab and grabs her bags and puts them on the sidewalk. And so yeah. she has to kind of run out and she's yelling at him while he's just carrying out this phone conversation. And then he gets in the taxi and, and it's, and you know, sends it off to wherever he's going. <laughs> and yeah. it's this hilarious thing that just kind of plays out in, not in the background, but off kind of to the side of the, the point of this scene in a way. Yeah. And it's very much like in a in a in a American show or a British show or, or somewhere else, that would kind of be more of that joke would be more of the focus. But the style of this show is this kind of Australian subdued humor where funny things are kind of just happening and you don't have to laugh at them. They're just kinda of happening in the world and that's okay. <laughs> it's a very yeah. weird style of humor. I think I heard someone describe Australian humor once as similar to New Zealand humor but meaner and I think I think that applies here um because obviously you know the some New Zealand comedies like the Taika Waititi movies or Flight of the Concords have gotten big so if you just sort of take that general sense of humor and just make it mean um that that sort of applies as Australian humor and that that's sort of what this show puts on display a bit yeah I think it's 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 interesting because I, I definitely would call this a funny show that I enjoyed and like kind of laughed at sometimes while watching it, but it's not a show that like tries to make jokes and then have you laugh at them. I mean, Rake is a character who's kind of quipping, but his quips are never really jokes in and of themselves. They're more kind of jabs that you laugh at from the perspective of why his mind is going to this place of like, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. Um, and I mean, the other the other type of, of humour is like, it, it's literally situational humour. Like the situations yeah. he and the other characters end up in are just, yeah. by their existence, hilarious. It, it's nothing to do with what's being said in them. It's just what they are. Yeah. I think one of my other... Or let's let's go back to this plotline of of his son uh, having an affair, well, not an affair, having a relationship with with his English teacher, right? Yeah, it's this thing that that I think comes in the first or second episode, um, 
where you find out that his son has a girlfriend and, and Rake is very kind of supportive. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, first girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. And he, he offers his son to let him kind of come over to his flat if he wants to sleep with the woman. Yeah. The girl, he should I should say, because at this point he thinks it's a someone in his English class. Yeah, he thinks it's and another fifteen-year-old girl. He's trying to be like supportive dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and then eventually you find out that it's his English teacher, and and so Rake gets in trouble with his wife for kind of su- implicitly supporting this relationship, even though he didn't know that it was, you know, a twenty-eight-year-old woman. Yeah. Um, and and the parents are obviously kind of really struggling to to be on board with this relationship. Um. And Fuzz, their son, is angry at them for, like, not being supportive of what he sees as the love of his life, right? Yeah. And this whole plotline resolves with uh, the English teacher has been transferred to another school because the parents complained, which is obviously good. (laughs) And then they're at a family dinner when the teacher breaks down and confesses to Fuzz that she started a relationship with another student at the new school. (laughs) (laughs) And and they're, they're consoling Fuzz. And he kind of starts crying and, and gets angry at them that they sabotage this relationship and run out. And they just kind of burst out laughing. Yeah. And it's this very, like, <laughs> it, it's like this is what comedy of, of real-life situations is like, right? Just yeah. kind of this weird, weird resolution of this story of, of a boy sleeping with his English teacher. And then, of course, she just started a relationship with another boy at a, at this other school. Like, yeah. <laughs> What else could have happened? And yet it's kind of hilarious and, and not, there's no jokes in there. At, at no point is it even really played for a joke, but it's just kind of implicitly funny. And when Wendy and, and Ray kind of stress laugh and, and laugh at the situation, it kind of lets out all this tension of this w- absurd situation, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's a hard comedy to, to kind of quantify because it is... I don't know. <laughs> you're not. It's not the show that you're going to laugh the hardest at, but you know, it's yeah. funny. Well, no, it has funny I mean, situations. I I like it because it's you know it's different. Like I know that's why I when I've shown it to to friends in America and and from overseas, like I think it's usually quite different in comedy style to just about anything they've seen because Australia doesn't really export anything else that funny. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I kind of like it for that. That may not apply as much to Australians because we see a lot more of our local stuff that doesn't make it out. But um, definitely for a lot of a lot of foreigners, uh, rake rake is pretty unique. I'd say. Yeah, I. Yeah, I I liked. Let's 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 wrap it up on rake because I I kind of want to sum up my thoughts on it, which are sure. I liked it a lot as a comedy, but. You know, it's not the funniest thing I've ever seen, but it it's funny enough to keep you engaged, and the storylines from week to week are quite entertaining. And I liked it a lot as a kind of character drama. I liked all the characters. I liked Rake. It yeah, it all kind of it felt a bit like it was more than the sum of its parts in a lot of ways. Like mm. this show, kind of I I can't really point to anything it do- did super well. Although I think the characters were quite well fleshed out and, and three dimensional, but it feels like it's more than the sum of its parts in a lot of ways. It just kind of comes together in a nice little Australian package and, and works quite well, I think. So to represent that in a number, I think I would give it <laughs> uh, an 8 out of 10. <laughs> okay, yeah. Fair enough. Well, I guess I'd, I'd just say, I don't know, uh, it's up to you, but I think the first, ha- having just watched the finale of, of season 5, which is apparently the finale mm. of the whole show, 
the first three mm. seasons, it just sort of keeps getting better and better. So I'd encourage you to watch that far. And then only if you're really into it, keep going with four and five. Four, yeah, sure. four, yeah. four slips back down a bit and five had a fantastic opening, which was what made me bring it here. But then the rest of the season was actually pretty average. So, um, <laughs> so seasons one to three, I 100% recommend. And in fact, three was the original ending. There's like a proper ending to season three and... I think oh, wow. in in retrospect, maybe they should have left it there, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed the first season and definitely enough to to want to keep watching it. So, it's fifty minute episodes, which is a time investment. But yeah, you know, I could, I'll give it a go. <laughs> I definitely think I'll keep watching. Um. But yeah, eight out of eight out of ten. All right. So so let's put aside the garden rake, Elliot, and let's talk about uh, next fortnight on the show, shall we? Yeah. What have you got? I am going to bring a show that has re- been released on Netflix, I think about a month ago, called The Dragon Prince. Um, okay. Now, I know you've heard of this because we've obviously talked about Avatar The Last Airbender multiple times <laughs> on this very show. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are, are kind of comparing this show to that one because it's an animated, I don't know, young adult show, I guess is the word for it, um, that's got a lot of people from... Avatar working on it, namely um, the the writer who wrote a number of the the best episodes in Avatar, including like uh, all the Water Tribe finales, the actual finale to the show, and then kind of standout episodes like the Storm and and um, Bitter Work, yeah, like a bunch of really killer episodes from from Avatar is the creator of this show, um, as well as I found out watching the trailer, you know, when I first watched the trailer for Dragon Prince, the voice of Sokka is the one of the is the main character in this show as well. So that's fun. Great voice actor. Um, So I wanted to bring this show up because I think the best thing that I can say in its case is, you know, it matches up to Avatar, which is high praise for a show like this. That's a big claim. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I definitely think it does match up. In fact, I think it's... I think when we look back at Avatar The Last Airbender, it's very easy to think this was a perfect show, right? But I think it did, like, there were definitely parts of it that felt very, like, childish, if that makes sense. It, it definitely, it, it's it's slow and, yeah, particularly, uh, I would say, aimed at children sort of at the start. If you're yeah. someone who's not already addicted, I think it can take a while to get into it. Like, I can go back now yeah. and watch the first five episodes and absolutely love it. But I, I'm pretty sure the yeah. first time I watched it, I sort of had to push myself through them. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think the Dragon Prince has a bit of that at the start, but it definitely expands. It's definitely kind of targeting its more slightly more mature audience a bit more quickly. Um, okay. There's a lot of themes in this that, that Avatar didn't really kind of dare to take on wholeheartedly until, you know, the end of season three, let's say. Sure. Um, yeah, and, you know, a lot of the things that were really good about Avatar, like... The, the compelling world and, and the, all the great world building and the compelling main characters, the Dragon Prince also kind of succeeds at. I think it has a very compelling world that feels very generic when you get started on it, but it really grows into its lore quite quickly. Um, okay. And the characters are all really engaging. I think the best thing about this show is the characters are very well constructed in a way that I, I genuinely feel for the villains of this show more than I ever did for a lot of other villain characters, you know? Yeah. Like, I understand them on a fundamental level. 
Because that was, uh, aside from the main villain, that was something Avatar really succeeded with as well. Like, Fire Lord Ozai is kind of the exception. Just about every mm. other villain, like Zuko and Azula and stuff, were incredibly interesting. Yes, but here's the thing. Like, I, I, I feel with these with the main villain in this show, who I, it kind of even feels wrong to label them a villain, even though one <laughs> of the things they're trying to do is is kidnap and murder some children. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel weird applying the villain label to them, even though that's what they want to do. Um, yeah, okay, well, that's the best kind of villain, I guess, yeah, is someone who doesn't really fit the label. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, do, I don't want to talk about it too much because the emergence of some of the way that their character arcs develop for these characters is so fascinating that I just kind of want to leave it for you to unravel. Um, sure. But I, we do need to touch on one thing, which is this show got a lot of complaints about its animation when it when it came out and in the trailers and stuff. It's, um, it's like CGI. It's not a hand drawn or anything. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's CG. Um, and it's got this weird thing where sometimes the frame rate is really low. I don't, I don't know. It, it bugged me a little bit watching the trailers, but once I got into it, I didn't really notice it, even though I'm sure if I was looking for it more, I could have. Yeah, that is weird. Cause it's not, I mean, it's not being rendered live, right? Like you think, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you, it's it's very strange i don't like i have no idea why yeah. <laughs> the frame rate isn't higher it feels very bizarre um, okay but yeah this is a great show it's got a lot of good main characters it's got a lot of good side characters there is a uh a mute and or deaf um kind of commander of the army who talks all through sign language which is very fascinating in an animated show she has a translator that that kind of escorts her around and translates for her it's this very interesting thing that i haven't really seen a lot in in animated tv is is kind of disabled characters existing in this world and functioning quite highly and, and being like respected members of society something that you don't see a lot yeah it's very interesting yeah the only yeah. other one i can think of is Toph from avatar maybe that's just where my yeah, head's at i guess but... that's a good <laughs> that's an interesting comparison yeah Toph is a good example although i think she uh she was kind of disabled light because she did have a superpower that was specifically to kind of counteract yeah, her disability. Yeah, you're kind right. Kind of like Daredevil, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Where it's like... <laughs> Daredevil's... Uh, she doesn't have normal vision, the... <laughs> but she's got, like, supervision instead. You're she's right. She's got better vision than everyone else, yeah. I, I was watching the first episode of the Netflix Daredevil to kind of rewatch it for, for when the new season comes out. And um, I was watching it with somebody, and so they were like... Uh, is he blind? And I was like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> like, not really. <laughs> He's blind, but he also can see better than everyone else, you know. Just not colours. Um, like, he wouldn't know what, what the yeah. traffic lights are. Or, like, text on a page, you yeah. know. Um, anyway, <laughs> tangent aside, Dragon Prince, pretty good. You should watch it, and we'll be back in two weeks, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so, not just you should watch it, Elliot, but you, collective audience you, should also watch it. Um, if you decide to check out The Dragon Prince, which is a Netflix original, so it's quite easy to find, uh, you can leave us your thoughts on it in the discussion thread, which I will link in the show notes down below. Um, if you leave us some insightful comments, we may feature them uh, as we kind of talk about the show next fortnight. Um, if you would like to interact with the show, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook, uh, or just kind of send us an email. Links to do all of those things are on our website, which is mediamdpodcast.com. 
uh, links to contact us, links to discussion threads, as well as all the previous clues for the Media MD ARG. You can help us figure out just who is Dr. MD and why is his dog so friendly. Elliot, what's this week's clue? Uh, plastic bag. Plastic bag. And we will see you next fortnight.